So this is the second video on the topic of, so where do we start? Um, in this case, I mean it literally, like where in the organization do we start? Now, if you're a small organization of 10 people, well, generally, you know, you do things in a whole organization. But as soon as you start to be an organization of certainly a few hundred people or you know, thousands or even tens of thousands, that question becomes quite relevant. Yeah, you, you can't start, you know, doing things everywhere. Um, or if you did, you would be doing it in in really sort of the old uh, way of top-down, you know, mandate, and now we're going to do the whole thing throughout the whole organization, which isn't working in this new in this new method, right? Um, if we want to change with this uh, change of metaphor, and we go from looking at organizations as machines, which is the general dominant paradigm we have now, to organizations as living systems, well, you know, we move from implementation as the dominant model. We've made up our mind of what's needed, now it's implemented, to much more of a model of, of pollinization. We think we've got a good idea, we've, you know, it's, it, it feels safe enough to try, so let's just see and let's try it out in different areas and that might you know, pollinate you know, more areas. And at some point, maybe everyone you know, will function in, in the same way again in just a, you know, in a new paradigm. And so where do we start? Uh, well, I've come to think of at least four different ways uh, when I see what organizations out there are doing. Um, one way to start is simply to test it or pilot it in one part of the organization. Simply to see, you know, does it work before we invite the rest of the organization? And, and then the question, of course, becomes, okay, but in, in which part of the organization? And I think there the answer is quite simple. It's um, it's either the part, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely the part where the energy is there, you know, the, the part that's most ready for it. And that can be either because uh, that's where real pain is today and so something needs to change, um, or simply because, you know, people there are eager for it. They're, there's volunteers, you know, they have a, uh, a team leader or a business unit head or somebody who says like, yeah, I, I really want to try this out. Um, I want to warn you though, the the, you know, the testing piloting approach, um, I find is still sort of dangerously close often to the old mindset of let's test something and if it works then just, just implement it everywhere. Um, and, and often I find that people who have sort of this natural tendency of saying oh let's pilot it are people who are still not you know really leaders who aren't yet totally convinced that this is the direction they want to go to. And so that feels like a a safe enough thing to do, um, and maybe that's maybe that's fully okay, and you know that will give you the self confidence and give others the self confidence. But um, you know, I I would really invite you to, as much as possible, um, not think think in terms of risk and and, and rewards. So hmm, that feels a little risky, or um, you know, let, let's see if there's money in there, you know, and then and go for the rewards. But but to really to try to connect with what truly drives you. Right? That's one of the very first videos that I've, I've put out there. Um, you know, I've, I've seen that leaders who go far here are really leaders you know, who act on this because they've just reached a point where doing it in a traditional way isn't working. And so they don't really reason in terms of risk and rewards. They just know that that is the way and somehow it will it'll work out.
That being said, you know, testing and piloting can be perfectly right way of, of doing it. Um, just be mindful that this is not a trap that you, you don't fall into the trap of let's test it out and then let's just implement it everywhere. Um, a second approach is to take one particular practice and just, you know, that particular practice and apply it to like the whole of the organization. Um, you know, things like, like budgets, um, you know, often, you know, do you have one budgeting process for the whole organization? And, you know, if you feel that the old process isn't working, well, you can invite the whole organization to, you know, shift on that one particular topic. Um, you could do the same with, you know, the, I don't know, the evaluation process. So you could at some point say, hey, you know, well, let, let's all switch to um, the advice process or something of the, of the sort. Um, if you go for that kind of approach, I would really invite you to have, you know, to invite a group of volunteers to design that particular thing. You know, how, what's the new budget process going to look like? What is our version of the advice process going to be, going to be like? And um, that could be quite a large group. You know, there's um, processes like appreciative inquiry, or you know, that that allow for a large group of people to come together and, and design something. I mean, the more people who are involved in the design. The more people who will already, you know, be convinced that this is the the right thing to try out. Um, one thing to be clear when you do these kind of things is to say, hey, you know, this won't be perfect the first time around. Let's say you change a budget system. You know, it will be better, and then we'll see. And maybe next year we'll, you know, change it again based on what we've learned. Um, so I think it's important to state that these things will be evolving, and that we're just trying the the best that we could come up with for now. A third approach, um, which I thought was just brilliant, was one that uh, Joss de Bloc came up with in the Netherlands. You might remember Joss de Bloc, you know, he's the founder and, and, and leader of Buurtzorg, um, this, this home care organization. And he was approached by two competitors um, who understood Buurtzorg's model and wanted to transition in this direction. And so he actually gave, um, and I think is still giving, uh, sort of free consulting to his direct competitors, which uh, by the way, it's just extraordinary. And uh, and he had this brilliant idea. He said, rather than changing the existing organization, why don't we build um, a small little unit that works in a new way from the start and then invite, tell all the nurses that if they're tired of the old system, they can simply apply to the new one. They can just transition out. And so the... The thing is basically that you let the old system just sort of bleed out, or you know, just like, uh, you know, like a balloon, you know, who loses air, and then the new balloon, you know, blows up with um, all of the energy of the, the nurses that transition in. And I thought that was such a, a brilliant move. Now, some industries allow that, in others, it's you know, it's almost impossible, right? I, it's difficult if you're a large bank to suddenly say, hey, we'll just create this little bank. Um, that you know, that wouldn't quite work. Um, or if you're a pharma company, it's, it's very difficult to suddenly say, hey, we'll have this little pharma company. Um, it, it, it works very well in, in nursing. Um, but even in existing organizations, you might do that in certain areas. Say that you're in a pharma company, you know, and you have all of these R&D projects for new molecules. Um, and you could very well say, hey, you know, we have the old R&D lab that works with its, its method, and then we have the new R&D lab and so, you know, every time you have a, 
uh, a new medication that comes out, well, we'll just do it in the new lab, you know, and over time, you know, the old one will get smaller and smaller and the new one will get bigger and bigger, just as an idea. The fourth one is an invitation to experiment that you throw out to the whole organization. And then you just see what happens and generally you see all sorts of things bubbling up in different parts of the organization. Um, and in large organizations, often you don't have a choice. Um, you can't do things massively um, all at once because that would still feel like you know, old-time impositions from the top. Um, so what's much what's more powerful is to um, simply show a direction and invite people to experiment with it. So say that you want to go in the direction of self-management. Well, at some point you could announce to the organization, say, you know, this is the direction we're moving to. Um, and we really invite units to start experimenting. And then you'll suddenly see, you know, I don't know, um, the head of Spain who suddenly, you know, starts experimenting a lot with self-management. And then maybe there's a, a one team in production over there. And so you suddenly start thing, seeing things bubbling up. And what you have to accept there is that for a while, things will go at different speeds. Some parts will be more advanced than others. Um, what's the, the enormous benefit of that is that people will do things differently in different ways. And over time, some of these things will show themselves to uh, be just much more successful, much easier than others, and they will become attractors to others. You know, suddenly you have these two or three units that everybody will, within the organization comes and visits and you know, wants to imitate. And maybe at some point down the road, you know, this is mature enough and has enough legitimacy throughout the organization that you say, hey, let's generalize this. Um, and this is the new way to do it. Or not. There will be a specific, specific video around this tension um, of experimentation and, and, and standardization. Um, but so in, in large organizations, often you don't have the choice um, but to do invitations. And it can be invitations on a whole, you know, a big thing, like, hey, say self-management. Um, but it can also be an invitation on a smaller process, like we've just talked about. Um, you know, even say we want to change the uh, performance evaluation process. Um, if you're really, I don't know, 20,000 people organization, um, it, it might be too much to, from one day to the other, impose a new process on everyone else. Um, you could very well invite people in the organization, simply say, hey, we want to go away from our old sort of ticks-the-box bureaucratic performance evaluation systems, and we're thinking that these kind of systems would just be so much more beautiful and build more relationships and, and be more truthful, and give some examples. Um, now we give the freedom to everyone to experiment um, with new systems, right? And let's see what happens. Um, so that's, that's just a, an example. And then at some point you harvest the learning and maybe, you know, again, something will come up and will just you know, prove to be the most interesting, the best fit for, for the organization and you might uh, generalize it. Um, so these are four examples. And in, in practice, I think it, it might often well be a combination of the four, right? If it's a large organization, you might send out an invitation to all. Um, there might be one particular process that you sort of take out centrally, say the budget process. Um, there might be one area, like I discussed in R&D, where you, know, you have you know, the old unit and, and the, uni the new unit. Um, and um, there's some things that you might just pilot in some areas, or sometimes um, some people will step up, I've, I've heard about that, who really have pretty radical ideas and will come to you and say, 
could we be a pilot for that particular thing and you know would you allow us to uh, experiment with this radical thing and, and sort of protect us um, from the rest of the system so practice is often a combination of the four but I thought it was interesting to tease those four apart um, and that of course then brings a question to you you know where do you think um, you want to start perhaps you've noticed there is no paywall no monthly membership to access this video series that's because the videos live in the gift economy this is how it works. I gift everything that goes into making the videos, my time, energy, and insights, and you get to choose what feels right to gift back. Please take a moment to reflect on what would feel good to give in return to help me continue doing this work. Thank you.